We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. What's up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we got some more exciting news. Kyrie time, baby. Kyrie will be back against the Atlanta Hawks tomorrow. 6 p.m. start for the Nets. Before we get started, as always, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. But, Jack, what did you think when you saw this news? Well, I was, as, you know, being someone from the Southern Hemisphere, and it was about, you know, 9 o'clock and 9.30 in the morning, and then I got a billion Bleacher Report notifications. Right up the top there is a little comma, a little brackets uh, in, in from Woj. Kyrie Irving set to return against Atlanta. I'm like, really? That's literally the first thing in my mind. You know, obviously you've got that fuzzy little morning state. I'm like, this can't be true. And then I start scrolling Twitter as everyone does in their morning routines and everyone's tweeting about it. I'm like, man, this is happening and I'm damn happy about it. Let's go Nets. Yeah, I mean, it's really exciting news considering the this past week where we got an update on Kyrie, an update on KD, obviously the big win against the Heat, and then to find out you're going to get one of your best players back, it's really encouraging for the Nets, especially because there was a possibility of him getting surgery. So it looks like that cortisone shot is working in the right direction. He feels good enough to get back on the court. Yeah, and I mean, it's you had the cortisone shot on December 24. You know, we heard that he was participating in five-on-five drills. You know, I, and I think from there, it, it's been nothing but gangbusters for, for Nets news of late. So it's incredibly positive. Hopefully we, we see him back at 100% fitness. I know some people are skeptical about the fact that, you know, maybe he's pushing himself a little bit. Maybe he's putting off the surgery. Those are things we can discuss. But he's going to provide so much for a team that has struggled offensively in so many ways. They've developed a defensive identity of sorts, which is positive. But when you get your best player, your best healthy player, uh, back, it's only going to create good things for this roster. And, you know, Harris's back has already helped us, you know, with that little game winner the other night. 
and obviously some solid performances along the way as well. You add in Kyrie Irving, you have three incredible... The guard rotation the Nets will have when Kyrie is back tomorrow is the best in the league. Yeah, it really is, and especially with the step that Spencer Dinwiddie's taken this season. We talked about it yesterday, playing at all-star level. Obviously, Karras has had his ups and downs, but he came up clutch against the Heat. And then, obviously, we saw what Kyrie was doing earlier in the season. I think it's easy to forget he was averaging 28 points a game. Like, that's that's not easy to do in the NBA. Yeah, Kyrie, and, and, you know, only a, a very select few. And, yes, the modern NBA is more offensively driven. And, you know, funnily enough, one of the guys who is averaging more than that is Trey Young, and he's another offensive mastermind. You know, Kyrie Irving, second in, in fan voting despite playing only 11 games. He said that he believes he's an all-star. If he's back, then he deserves – and he's playing for another month and a half or so, or, or a month and a bit, then he deserves to be playing in the All-Star game because Kyrie Irving is one of the best guards we have in the NBA, incredibly popular, one of the more exciting players to watch, you know, can score at all levels, is just an absolute phenom and has a personality that is, you know, just incredibly engaging to, to all fans uh, alike. Yeah, I think Kyrie is one of the most entertaining players in the league. And if he's healthy and feels comfortable, I think they'd love to have him in the All-Star game just for, you know, the market value of the game. You know, the TV ratings are going to be a little bit higher when a player like Kyrie's in there. Obviously, it's filled with All-Stars, but you want to see the best of the best. But, Jack, getting to tomorrow against the Hawks, what type of minute restriction are you expecting on Kyrie? It'll be interesting because we initially saw a minutes restriction on Carol Savert. So if we want to make a direct comparison... You know, he was on about 15 or 17, then he got to about 22, then he played about 25 or so last night uh, in the win uh, over the Miami Heat. Whether we see that from Kyrie Irving, I doubt, because I think Kyrie Irving has a little bit more power in, in the organization to be able to dictate his own pace. And I think that the the medical staff will probably be a little bit tentative. I expect him to start. I expect him to play 25 minutes plus. Hopefully the Nets can actually get a bit of a blowout so they don't have to play our best players uh, for extended periods. Uh, but at the end of the day, we need to get we need to get the win more than anything rather than just a blowout. So I would say a minimum of 25 and no more than 30. See, I think it's going to be a lot less tomorrow. I think moving forward into the week, they might kind of increase it. But even though Kyrie, I think, has more power, like you mentioned, it's a more sensitive injury than Karras's. And I think there's an they're still kind of unsure about where it's at in the recovery, where kind of you, you know, you tear a ligament in your finger or your thumb. It's kind of easy to see. All right, you do an MRI, it's all completely healed. Where Kyrie in his shoulder, it's like a weirder thing. So I think they're going to take him a little bit lightly. I, would, I wouldn't expect more than 20 minutes tomorrow. Interesting. I mean... Uh, if Kyrie thinks he's healthy, Kyrie may have a, a bit more gravitas, but you know, I would prefer to see you know less minutes from him. Plus, when you have Karis LeVert, who can you know hopefully play 30 minutes plus as well, Spencer Dinwiddie is obviously in insane form at the same time. You know, you don't necessarily need to pressure Kyrie. You don't need to rush him back. You know, but I think that he's itching to play basketball. You know, Kevin Durant's itching to play basketball. You know, he's excited that the team has is on a win. They want to continue that streak. The Nets have been 13 and 13 without him. Uh, it's been, you know, the, the fact that the team has held afloat has been, you know, credit to all the players, especially Spencer Dinwiddie, the coaches, Kenny Atkinson. But to get Kyrie Irving back at this stage of the season, I mean, I'm hoping that we don't see any setbacks, but I, I can't help but feel a, a little bit tentative about it, Nick, because, you know, the, the, this injury that was spoken about for, for weeks on end is just incredibly complex. And I can't help but think that maybe down the road that the surgery is going to be required. And at some point this season, Kyrie Irving is going to have to be load managed or injury managed or whatever you want to call it. 
Yeah, I think they'll definitely kind of give him that load management, especially early on. Like over this next three game stretch, I think he'll play against the Hawks, he'll play against the Jazz, and then they'll rest him against the Sixers on the road. Let him stay in Brooklyn, get recovery, and then kind of work him back slowly to that full level. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if he's going to even play back to backs, you know, majority of the season because it is definitely a sensitive injury. It's going to be how his body reacts. And I think it's fair for fans to be a little bit cautious about how he's going to play out there. And could he re-injure that shoulder? And like you mentioned to me off air, he's a little bit nervous about getting surgery because he had complications with that knee surgery in Boston. I think he had an infection, which they said they almost had to like, I think like remove his leg. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and I mean, when you have horrible experiences with injuries and, and surgeries and complications and stuff, Who's to say why you wouldn't be incredibly uh, risky, you know, risk adverse about doing it again? And and obviously it's a completely different injury and you judge, you know, each thing case by case basis. But, you know, these are human beings at the end of the day. We can't just go, oh, yeah, you need to take surgery. Do it now. You know, Kyrie Irving at the end of the day is a, is a person, is a man where he deserves to take the route that he feels, you know, will give him the, the best, you know, individual playing future and, and individual future beyond basketball. But yeah, I I kind of I don't expect him to play against Utah. I think that's just me because maybe I'm looking directly back to Carlos Levert, who you know played that first game back and then directly rested you know the second game despite playing incredibly well you know against Orlando. And I don't think the Nets have that great of a chance against Utah. Whereas against Philly, I think that they're they're in with a shot. So I would almost maybe hold him back, but at the same time. You know, uh, they will discuss how it probably... It's probably all going to come down to how he pulls up after this Atlanta performance. Yeah, I would definitely give him the rest in between if it was a home game. I think because the way, and they typically haven't made him travel on the road trips, even being injured, I think they'd probably want to keep him there. But like you said, it's all how his body reacts and how he does. And talking about surgery, I know personally, I never want to get surgery my entire life, knock on wood. But obviously that could be a possibility <laughs> down the line. But, um, you know, no no pressure for me to Kyrie. But what, what do you think about, you know, the starting lineup when Kyrie's back in the mix and fully healthy? And what do you think's the best five for the Nets to throw out there to start the uh, game? Look, Nick, I think we're all probably what we think will happen, what we want to happen are probably two different things. What I think will happen <laughs> is that Rodion Skouros will, will sit on the bench and Kyrie Irving will replace him. What I want to happen is Torin Prince to sit on the bench, Torin Prince to sit on the bench and Kyrie Irving to replace him. But either way, you get another you get another star to add to your rotation. You know, the, the minutes allocation goes down for a Musa and you just get a, a com- incredibly capable player to replace those minutes and more. So the Nets rotation automatically gets stronger. I think Rody provides a little bit more balance. He has been hitting the three ball a lot better. I think he's almost at like 43, 44% from three on the season. Whereas Toyan Prince has been absolutely putrid from the perimeter of late. Maybe Kyrie Irving gets those open looks. I think he does get you a lot more open looks just purely because of the gravity that he does bring. Spencer Dimity will get some catch-and-shoot opportunities, which I'm incredibly uh, positive about. <laughs> I'm intrigued to see how many pull-ups Kyrie Irving does take because I think that puts a lot of pressure. How much uh, aggression he does show heading into the lane. I'm expecting him to take some maybe more mid-ranges than probably the aggressive, you know, fancy, schmancy Kyrie we see when he throws those weird spin moves down low. Yeah, I think he'll look to probably avoid contact early on. It's just kind of a natural thing after recovering from an injury. And like you said, the mid-rangers. I also think the floaters, he kind of mentioned that, shooting some of those weird shots in between. I think he'll get to that. And obviously, he has that type of touch. 
you know, I think Prince is going to stay in the starting lineup. Rodion's has done really well, but I think Kenny will probably go back to what he saw early on. And the issue for that starting lineup early in the season wasn't offense at all. Like we talked about in the past, very good offensive lineup, but was defensively where they struggled. So guys are going to have to step up. And I think, you know, Spencer's going to be in the starting lineup, but I wouldn't be surprised if they went back to Karis LeVert later down the line and put Spencer back in a six-man role. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense. We, we saw it early in the season. I mean, it didn't work 100% perfectly. You know, if anything, Spencer Dillman has shown uh, at points this season that he is as capable, if not more capable, than Karis LeVert as a defender. So it'll be interesting to see how the minutes allocation is is uh, adjudicated by Coach Kenny. But I think that whatever you do right now, you just go by feel. And I think having the extra guy out there, you know, to see a closing lineup that has three of our best players, and I know... Plenty of people, and someone, um, a close Aussie mate of mine, well, not a close Aussie mate, but an Aussie mate of mine was like to me, the fact that now we have just such insane guard depth, does it make sense to trade one of these guys in the future? And I know I've heard that from plenty of other sort of NBA pundits as well. And, you know, it's it's an opportunity and it gives you an opportunity to see. But at this stage, it makes no sense because we haven't, we haven't even seen the lineup with our three best players who have been healthy, maybe for anything more than like 20 minutes on the season, if that. Yeah, I was peeking at the lineups earlier, and I want to say there was a, a lineup with them that played 13 minutes, and it was one of the Nets' best lineups. Obviously, 13 minutes is extremely small sample size, but I think there could be some real positive. We've mentioned a lot during the offseason. I think the guys just have to play a little bit better off-ball, particularly Spencer and Karras. If they can do that and then have Kyrie out there, just makes the playing defense that much more difficult. Yeah, and I think you just have... When you have to, your the, your gravity is drawn to Kyrie Irving. We, we saw when Spencer and Karras were out there together in very small doses in the Miami Heat game, how much it helped both players. Just a guy who can create his own shot from, from different levels, be able to drive, be able to open up the lane, be able to open up the perimeter, you know, in the pick and roll. I'm interested to see how Kyrie is in the pick and roll because Karras and Spence have been so great with our bigs. And that's one thing that Kyrie, you know, hasn't been perfect at, at least in his Brooklyn Nets tenure at this point. How is he going to get decent looks? How is Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan going to get him into open space? What? How are they going to develop this synergy and chemistry? There's plenty of wrinkles to the Kyrie Irving return, and all of them are positives. The fact that we're actually contemplating this and not contemplating when is he going to come back? Is Kyrie going to come back first, or is it going to be Karras? The fact that we're actually contemplating different lineup rotations different iterations of the offense and defense is a much more positive thing to be doing. Yeah, 100%. Like we've kind of talked about in the last few games, it's a lot better to talk about what you want the lineups to be instead of does this guy deserve to even be in the rotation? No disrespect to some of the guys who played earlier in the season, but they just weren't ready for NBA rotation minutes. And now you kind of have a surplus of guards where, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, you had one guard you could depend on. So it's really exciting. And like you said, Jack, it'll be interesting because not only will, you know, it really benefit Kyrie playing with Spencer and Karras, but I think Spencer and Karras will really benefit from the fact that when they're running pick and roll and Kyrie's out there, that defender is going to stick to him. He's not going to take a step inside because it's Kyrie Irving, where, you know, if it's Garrett Temple or somebody like that, you know, you feel a lot more comfortable taking an extra step in the paint. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, some Karras cutting off ball a little bit as well. We saw, we've seen very minor glimpses of it so far. You know, Rodents has been doing it a plenty, and that's probably earned a lot of his rotation minutes as well. You know, Kyrie is a good passer and a willing passer. So to see him out there, I want to see him out there with Rodion for some minutes at least, which is why partly I advocated for him to be in the start, to continue to stay in that starting lineup, just for a little bit of balance, a different sort of energy 
and Kyrie playing alongside Karras. A lot of the time, Karras, it would be sort of taken in turns a little bit, sort of James Harden, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Chris Paul style. So my turn, your turn. Whereas I think Karras can be a little bit better as, as an off-ball player because especially now that his three-point shot looks really, really smooth, as does Rodion's. It's weird to say... You know, guys on the season when we were doing player previews for, we're like, oh, well, we're hoping that their three-point shot can be good so they can continue to be, you know, a real offensive weapon. Right now, they've been really good. And, and knock on wood, it continues to stay that way. But, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see the different lineups around Kyrie, how he can, how his presence, you know, influences the game on both ends of the floor. I, I think that the Atlanta Hawks, if they're smart, and, you know, we know Lloyd Pierce is an incredibly savvy coach, and, you know, Trey Young might be one of the worst point guard defenders in the league. But not to be, you know, physical or, or, or dirty in any way, but I'm putting Kyrie Irving in every single action on the defensive end. Yeah, I think uh, if you were playing a veteran team, like they would definitely attack him every play. And I think the Hawks being so young, where I think they'll do it a little bit, but just being a young team, they just tend to make a lot of dumb mistakes. You watch them play, you know, teams like them, teams like the Pelicans, they don't tend to attack mismatches as well or attack a certain matchup. So I think that's a little bit of a luxury for the Nets, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm intrigued to see how he plays defensively, especially because we've seen the level of the Nets team play higher. So it's like, is Kyrie going to come in and add to that, or is he going to be a minus in that area and kind of impact the defense in a negative way? Yeah, I mean, we've heard at plenty of points this season where we've heard, you know, sources and assistant coaches saying, you know, we've found we've cracked the code to to for the Brooklyn defensive, you know, woes. But the Nets have also improved defensively, their communication, their engagement, and just their general energy on that end of the floor has increased. And I think that there are going to be guys out there that aren't going to be afraid to go, Kyrie, you need to move. Kyrie, get over here. I think that confidence and, and chemistry has built over that time. And, you know, I think, like you sort of mentioned, Nick, Atlanta, if they were smart, they would do it consistently. But if he's playing against Utah, an incredibly savvy defensive team, you better believe that that would be happening every single action uh, on the defensive end of the floor. But, you know, the, just the fact that we have him back is just going to change this team dramatically. I'm really hoping he's back. Who, I know I gave my thoughts on the lineups. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the different starting lineups, closing lineups, even we haven't chatted about at this sort of stage? Plenty of things to discuss just on one guy returning. Yeah, but before I touch on the lineups, I just want to mention one thing about the defense too. I think they've made slight adjustments especially in that drop coverage for the bigs, especially for Jared Allen particularly. I think he's come out more aggressive in terms of instead of dropping uh, so far back, which I think will benefit a guy like Kyrie because that was a real issue for the entire Nets defense. And I think they've made a couple you know, minor fixes to it that have helped. But obviously there's still plenty of room for improvement. But lineup-wise, I think it'll end up being... I think it'll end up being tomorrow, uh, Kyrie, Spencer, Joe Harris, Torian Prince, and Jared Allen. Yeah, same. That's what, yeah. My thoughts then, exactly. And I think, you know, we kind of want to see Rodion's, but then at the same time, it's like, you know, this is a better lineup for Prince in the sense that his three-point shooting is going to be used to a higher extent because you have two very good playmakers in that lineup. And I'm sure the Nets know that Prince's ceiling is higher than Rodion, so they want to try to give him that confidence. And we talked about it yesterday a little bit with Prince. As bad as he shot the three-ball, I was kind of impressed with the amount of two-point looks he made. And I kind of rewatched some of the game yesterday, too, and I saw it's like, wow, these are shots he wasn't making over the last two weeks. Yeah, and, and in that sort of sense of the imagination, I expect Kyrie Irving's presence to impact Toy and Prince's. You know, I think that his production, I think that he's going to be... <clears throat> 
And I think that not even necessarily the fact that Kyrie Irving's back, but I thought that you know he grew, he grew some confidence from the the late game plays he had against Miami, so some solid buckets, rebounding the ball well. Uh, it, it's exciting to think that this team is finally going to be at some semblance of its of its fullest iteration. Obviously, KD uh, has to come back for that to even be close to an occurrence. But you know we saw what this team was at the early points of the season. Uh, you know, elite offensively, you know, trash defensively. Now we've seen that sort of flip. You know, the Nets aren't necessarily elite defensively, but they've been around that sort of top 10 range, you know, for an extended period. And they've dropped it. They've sort of fallen off offensively. But now with Karras back and Kyrie back, two of your best shot creators, two of your best scorers at, at, at every single level of the floor, you know, we should expect to jump there. And uh, I, I think to have more balance and just to be a better team on both ends of the floor, uh, it's going to be exciting for this team. And, you know, we've got a tough stretch coming up and, you know, Kyrie Irving's return, Karras, you know, finding full fitness as well. Uh, it couldn't come at a better time. It really couldn't. And it's just perfect that he's back now because, I mean, if you're going to miss a chunk of the season, you want to miss it early on in that first half of the season. So in the second half, you can get back going, get ready for the postseason. Obviously, if the Nets make it there, but they're in pretty good shape to do that considering the rest of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, of the fact that two of these Philly matchups are coming incredibly soon and we also don't have to face Joel Embiid and the, the, the Sixers have notoriously found it a bit tough to, to play against the, the, the Brooklyn Nets because of our guard depth. Even last season with D'Lo, Karras and Spencer, you know, they just struggle to to find the, the, the... They have the size, but they don't necessarily have, you know, the requisite quickness to keep up with some of our guys. Spencer's incredibly quick. Karras is incredibly quick. Kyrie is in, underrated in terms of his speed as well. So I expect to, to, to see Kyrie Irving's presence immediately felt just by him being there. We saw the game... You know, uh, against Miami, a game that you know the the Brooklyn Nets were severe underdogs. You know, the Miami Heat, second or third seed in the East right now. I'm not a hundred uh, percent sure where they are after last second. night's game. Second, so the second seed and the Brooklyn Nets. You know, eighth seed, I think maybe seventh now after all that. Yep. So the fact that we were able to really take it to them, and we spoke about it on the the recap episode, it was purely, and not purely because, but an added element was the Kyrie Irving news during the week, the KD news during the week, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant being on the bench there, all those different intangible things. Now we get the real thing. We get the tangible Kyrie Irving. We get the physical presence of him. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see him, and I'm sure Kevin Durant is probably itching to get back on as well. I'm like, he's just like, man, Kyrie's back. You know, I'm going to be attacking my my rehab even harder now, and, and he has been. It's been fantastic, according to to Kenny Atkinson. It's it's exciting times for Nets fans. I remember putting out a tweet last night just before I went to bed. I'm like, you know, how quickly things can change. And, I know I got to one or two commenters saying, like, you know, it can change back incredibly quickly. And don't uh, don't worry about that. I was knocking on wood really hard there. It was, a, <laughs> it was an absolute accident, and my knuckle is killing me. But on the other on the other side of the floor, I know how quickly it can change back to the other way. You know, we're Brooklyn Nets fans, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we know how quickly things can change upwards and downwards. It's a roller coaster of a season. It's a roller coaster being a fan of this franchise. It is. And I hope Jack's knuckles okay. Hopefully he's taking injuries for the Nets so they don't have to deal with it. <laughs> um, but I think another interesting thing too is like, you know, this is obviously further down the line, but we can just look at hypotheticals is the actual rotation. You know, who's going to get kicked out of the rotation? You know, some of these young guys have been playing well. TLC's been playing well, but could he lose minutes? It was Wilson Chandler, a guy that's no longer going to be in the rotation. Who do you think is going to be the odd man out? Um, I think it's it's TLC and Musa. I think Musa probably automatically gets relegated. Yep. I but it's funny because he had probably one of his best games in terms of not necessarily 
points scored and, and shooting or whatever, just purely in the role that he played. I think it's it's most likely Musa. I think that you want to have a better defender out on the floor, and Musa has size about him, but he doesn't. He doesn't. He, you know, he hasn't been guarding James Harden and, and Luka Doncic and all these sort of guys like TLC has been. So I think it's likely him. But at the end of the day, you know, we could see, you know, injury management along the way for him, like we're seeing, you know, with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George uh, in Clipperland, chatted about that on JBT as well. So the fact is, you know, we're going to need all of our guys and that next man up mentality I'm going to keep harping on has always been important for this Brooklyn Nets team ever since Sean Marks and Coach Kenny have been at the helm. They've tried to create a semblance of depth within the roster. Yeah, I think it, and even another guy could be out of the rotation too, considering Rodion's is back to playing well. I think he's going to continue to be in there. So it'll be interesting how Kenny manages that lineup. And also, I'd love to see Spencer doing when he get a little bit more rest moving forward because he had a big workload over this last month. Obviously, he's still relatively young, but that workload can have an impact on you later in the season. So having Kyrie and Karras back should be able to kind of lessen his minutes, at least over this next month. Yeah, and we haven't even spoken about the fact that Garrett Temple and Wilson Chandler have been rotation pieces, you know, for the large portion of the season, especially Garrett Temple playing above his role. So, I mean, TLC could see no minutes. You know, we could yeah. see Rodion's out of the rotation again. I would be incredibly sad I'd to cry. see that. I would as well, <laughs> especially with how good he has been playing and how important, you know, his development has been. Um, but, you know, who knows what could happen with this rotation. Coach Kenny has plenty of options now. And, you know, it's going to be on him to see and find the, the, the thing that works, the thing that clicks with this team on both ends of the floor. And, and, you know, he's got a tough job ahead of him, but it's what he gets paid the big bucks for. It's what he got the extension for. Yeah, 100%. And you mentioned Garrett Temple, you know, being out and now probably moving to a bench role. You just feel so much better about the bench now after you saw them play, you know, a lot of them as starters during the season. So now all of a sudden it's like there's confidence to that bench unit. Those first 11 games, and that's really struggled their bench unit at times. We were questioning if they had enough quality bench pieces. Now you feel a lot more confident. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the confidence in the rotation in general, when you have capable NBA players, let alone, you know, NBA superstars and all-stars and all-NBA guys coming back, you know, we talked about... You know, in plenty of the sort of disappointing losses in the losing streak, it's like, these guys aren't NBA players. We can't expect that much from them. When they're playing yeah. above themselves, you just have to expect good moments, hopefully trying to play their role. But now, especially when we're coming up in this, you know, tough little stretch, you know, the timing of the return certainly helps. And hopefully more than anything, Kyrie Irving is healthy and Kyrie Irving is healthy long-term. You know, the, the relationship between the franchise is, is continues to build. You know, I know he, him and Coach Kenny have a nice little rapport as well. I'm just really, really hoping that, you know, we don't see any major setbacks because, you know, Kyrie Irving is an injury-prone injury player. Karis LeVert is an injury-prone player. Obviously, Karis is of late have been a little bit fluky, but Kyrie Irving's haven't. Kyrie Irving's have been, you know, lingering. He said about the shoulder, you know, it's going to be a long-term, possibly career thing where he has to manage uh, for the rest of, you know, however long he's playing for the Brooklyn Nets and beyond. So I'm just hoping more than anything that we have Kyrie Irving healthy at the most important times of the season. Yes, you know, to have him back on January 10, January 11 is, is important, but to have him healthy, you know, come next season or come, you know, March, April this year, if, if somehow Kevin Durant does come back, then that is what's more uh, more important to me as an S fan and more important just in general for the championship hopes. Yeah, because we've kind of discussed it too, is the playoff race really isn't that crazy for the Nets. I think, you know, at this point, unless they rip off some big winning streak, 
Seven seed, it seems like a really likely scenario where obviously they still have to compete with Orlando, but I feel pretty confident, especially with some of the injuries that Orlando's dealing with. And sadly for them, they got them a little bit more recently where the Nets had them early in the season. So they're starting to get the full strength now. So it should be fun. And I expect the Nets to be very precautious with Kyrie to keep him healthy for this season, obviously moving forward. They signed into a max contract, Nick. It's not about you know the short term. It's about the long term viability and championship hopes of this organization. Kyrie Irving has said that himself as well. He he wants to build a championship culture here in Brooklyn. He's a big part of that. He's the one A to Kevin Durant's one in in terms of helping us achieve that on the court and off the court for that matter. You know it, it's everything that you know championships are hard to win. You know Golden State won three or five despite being one of the best teams in history. You know the Miami Heat won two of them despite you know LeBron James thinking they were going to win six or seven. You know the the best teams ever you know don't really uh, almost uh, underachieve and and we have two of the best players in the league and two of the best players in in yesteryear. So it's going to require some luck. It's going to require, you know, uh, an incredible amount of production from from two of these guys. It's going to require an insane amount of health, and it's going to require just a myriad of, of factors coming all together. But at this stage, uh, I just want that win against Atlanta. Yeah, a lot of long-term decision-making is going to be important for them to win a championship. And, you know, you have these two players, and like you mentioned, Jack, you think that Golden State team should have won six chips. You think the Heat should have won four chips. Whatever it may be, it seems like it's never enough. So the Nets are able to get one championship out of this. I think fans would be ecstatic. I know myself, I'd probably scream around the neighborhood for a couple weeks. But uh, (laughs) like you said, one game at a time, Atlanta Hawks tomorrow, take care of business. Hawks are not a good team. Three-game losing streak. Two out of ten, they've lost. I mean, two out of ten, they've won. So there's an opportunity for the Nets to build more momentum. It is. It is. It's a big chance, and you know, just let's let's play some good basketball. You know, let's play. Try and play for as many minutes, quality, consistency on both ends of the floor. I think the Miami Heat game was a good sign. The OKC game was a good sign. And now you get Kyrie Irving back. You know, you got to live for that guy. He's your leader. He's you know the the heart and soul of it. One of the heart and souls of this team. Let's just play some good basketball. Spencer continues his form. Karras continues to improve. You know, Rodians continues to get minutes. Prince finds his three-point shot again, as does my boy Joey Buckets. You know, this team is a very good team when we have all the the pieces uh, available, healthy, fit, and firing. 100%. And I mean... We've had a lot of good players miss a lot of time, so hopefully getting healthy, they can kind of build this momentum, like you said, and there's real positive vibes. I'm hoping for a blowout tomorrow, but, you know, I'm always being a little optimistic. But, Jack, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? I just want to win, Nick. Just give me a W. Give them a W. That's what we want. Continue this momentum into the new year. But, as always, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.